In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Jesus is teaching his disciples and others about the kingdom or reign of God. He's in Galilee and he's using parables to open the disciples up to the reality of God's reign. Now before we go any further, trusting God with your life and the details of your life is an absolute key to entering into the kingdom of God and actually also remaining there. So faith is very important. In fact, one author reminds us that faith is trust in God's providence and care. It's an attitude that declares this. I don't know what God is doing, but I do believe that whatever it is, it is good. Now there's a lot there. Faith is trust in God and God's providence. That means his ability to move things toward the goal that God has. And that even though we may not see it or experience it always as good or we may not understand what is happening, our trust is in God's goodness. Therefore, we trust God and the outcome to God. This is faith and trust. I didn't say it was easy. I said that it's the key to entering into the kingdom and remaining there. Well, before we look at our parables today, the parable of the sower and the parable of the mustard seed by, given by Jesus, let's have some background on the kingdom or the reign of God. Jesus, in his teaching and preaching and healing, and everything that he did, everything that he did and said centered around this subject called the kingdom of God, or the reign of God. So we need to know about it. It's a vast subject, and it's very, it's very hard to get a handle on, but one point that Jesus made in his teaching is, is that God, the God that he preached about, the God of Israel, his father was, in fact, not very much like the other kings. God is not like the tyrants that Jesus knew in his day. And so God is good. Jesus teaches us that God is not a tyrant, but, in fact, a heavenly father. God sends the rain on the just and the unjust. God provides and cares for the whole creation. He doesn't try to starve out the enemy But in fact, he loves the whole creation. And so, like a loving, caring Heavenly Father, he is moving into his creation in order to restore it in his son Jesus. And so God is revealed by Jesus as utterly self-giving, a lavish and generous Father that bestows upon his people and his creation all of their needs and many of their wants. And all of this is his way of calling all of us, everyone, to come under his own gracious rule, to come under his kingship, because only God is the source of life and love. 
And so, Jesus wanted us to know that God was not like the other tyrants. The second thing that Jesus wanted us to know is, in fact, the way the kingship works, God's kingdom works, is not the way other kingdoms work. How do other kingdoms work? Well, they work by brute force and power. And the way that kingdoms operate is you do what the leader says or you'll get into trouble or you'll get marginalized. If you break enough rules, you might end up in jail. And if you really get out of line, then you'll be killed and set aside. That's how power works. And it worked that way in the day of Jesus. And it still works that way in the kingdoms of this world. So he wanted us to know that, in fact, God's kingdom actually does not work that way. His kingdom looks so different. His kingdom is based on service and love and self-sacrifice, self-giving. It's based on forgiveness. In fact, it is bearing the burdens of our enemies and not retaliating, and that's what Jesus did on the cross. And so this, uh, this whole operation of how the kingdom works is totally different than the way that our human kingdoms work because we're very much about retaliation to the enemy. We're very much about trying to get the upper hand, and that's just how it works. But Jesus said the first are going to be last and the last first. He said that his kingdom was not of this world. He also said to the Pharisees and the scribes that tax collectors and prostitutes are going to enter the kingdom before you all. He said a lot of things about the kingdom. And so uh, it's a great, great topic to come to understand. The other thing that Jesus said about The way God's kingship works is this, that God looks at the heart. God is coming into the heart. Jesus says that the kingdom of God is among you and the kingdom of God is within you. God is seeking to reign in our hearts. But it's a reign for good. It's not a reign for killing all of our joy. It's actually a reign that if we will enter into it, it will produce more joy, it will produce more life, because we come to know that God loves us, that God cares for us, that God can be trusted with our life and the details of our lives, and the more that we cooperate and give ourselves over to God, the better off it will be for us. We gain peace and joy and serenity in this offering of love and trust to God. So Jesus also taught that uh, the reign of God is active and powerful here and now. Jesus said, oh, you just wait till the end of, end of your days, the end of the world or the end of your life, and then you're going to reach the kingdom of God. No, you'll reach a fulfillment of it, but the kingdom of God exists right now. God reigns as king here and now. The whole idea is whether we're going to enter into that and become a part of it, or whether we are opposing it. And Jesus told this parable about the sower and the mustard seed. Well, of course, the parable about the sower was the sower scattered the seed, and he went to bed, and he woke up day and night, 
and he saw that the earth just produced this crop. There was the stalk, and then the head, and then the grain in the head, and then finally the harvest comes, and the sickle runs through, and the wheat and the chaff are separated. And so it's a story about the fact that God's kingdom is active and powerful now, whether people know how it works or not. There's a great, uh, there's a great story from Father Ron Rollheiser. He talks about a friend of his that bought a house, and there was a little bamboo plant in the driveway. Well, he wanted to get rid of that bamboo plant, so the guy chopped it off, and then he thought, you know what, I'll get an axe, and I'll really just try to get down there to the very root of it. So he axed it as much as he could. Then he put poison on the bamboo, and then he put gravel over it, and then cemented over that, and thought, okay, I've taken care of that bamboo plant. Well, about two years after that, that cement gave way, and what do you think was coming up through the ground? That bamboo shoot. The kingdom of God is powerful and active just like that shoot. There's no stopping it. It's going to come. There's nothing you can do about it. Now, the spirit of God, which is a part of this kingship and this reigning in God's good earth, uh, the spirit of God is active and powerful now. Tilhard de Hardan said that God speaks to every element in all of creation in the language that that element can understand. He says God lures hydrogen through its attraction to oxygen. God draws everything else, including us, in the same way. He says there is in the end one force one spirit that works in all the universe. The chemicals in our hands and those in our brains were forged in the same furnace that forged the stars. The same spirit that drives oxygen to unite with hydrogen makes a baby cry when it is hungry, sends an adolescent out in hormonal restlessness, and calls Mother Teresa to the church to pray. Isn't that great? God's spirit is moving all over this universe, all over this planet, all in and through us, moving us towards his kingdom. It is something that we simply have to accept and to cooperate with. So the reign of God, according to Jesus, is active and powerful now. It's not only at the end of the age, but it is here and now we are called to enter into it and to allow God to begin that transforming work within us. So there's no stopping it. And the final aspect of the harvest is that there is a separation. Paul says, for we all must come before the judgment seat of Christ. And Christ is in fact God's king. So there is an end to it, but the purpose of Jesus and his teaching was mostly, in fact, on its availability to each person here and now, that we can enter into this relationship and experience of God. Well, another thing that Jesus spoke about uh, was the fact that the kingdom was mysterious. Something so small, like a mustard seed, could grow into something large, like a mustard tree. 
and that the birds of the air could come down and take their rest and build their nest and find their shade in this this great uh, mustard tree. So uh, let's unpack that a little bit. God is moving into his world in a mysterious way. It happened with a very insignificant couple. We know their names, but back then they weren't well known. They were Abram and Sarah. And out of Abraham and Sarah come the children of Israel. And then finally out of the children of Israel comes a king born by the Holy Spirit and an insignificant young woman in a very insignificant part of her own land. This king born by the Spirit begins to teach and to preach, to heal and to reveal God's reign. That God, in fact, was coming to reign to overcome all of the forces that rebel and work against God. Sin and evil, suffering, death, uh, any of the angelic realm that opposes God. And so Jesus began to heal and to teach, and God's reign became uh, experienced, and there was a revelation that, in fact, Even demons obeyed Jesus. Even sickness obeyed Jesus because he is the representative in the inauguration of God's reign. Even death itself obeys the command of God because Lazarus comes out of the tomb. Well, God is seeking to rule and to reign, to restore his good creation, but the powers of this world oppose it. And in the day of Jesus, the two powers that oppose it, the two symbols are Rome, which is earthly pagan power, and a co-opted Israel, which is corrupted religious power, and they came together to put an end to the king. But what happened? You can't even put an end to God's kingdom or his reign because Jesus rose up in power and now he is king of all. The Holy Spirit has been sent out and so this kingdom has spread throughout the entire world. And just like that mustard branch, people from every nation and tongue and people and ethnicity all around the world have come under the kingship and the rule of Jesus. All of this began when a tiny seed was placed into the ground. Jesus, who died, but he sprung up, he rose up, and became the very kingship of God. Well, uh, what are we to do with these ideas, this kingdom? Well, we have to realize, number one, that there is a kingdom. Uh, We don't think often in terms of kingship or how kingdoms work, but there is a kingdom, and it's God's kingdom and God's king. So in terms of coming uh, into that, of accepting it, of working into it, we have three things that I think that we have to pay attention to. The first is that we're called to be a witness. We are called to continue to proclaim the kingship of Jesus. Uh, Number two, since God is dealing with our hearts, we have to continue our repentance. 
because we are called to repent, which means to totally change our ways of thinking, our ways of moving into the lives of other people, the, the ways that we, in fact, allow God to work his will and way into our lives. And that is a continuous process that we are in. But the last is service. Service is the way that we reveal the kingdom of God because it is actually uh, moving into the very way that God rules, which is that we extend our lives for others, for the good of others. We serve others. We help others. And so as we do this, God's kingdom is revealed in new and brilliant ways. It could be helping someone who is in need. It could be forgiving someone. It could be doing any number of things for the good of the other because that's the way that God's kingship works. Well, Jesus, in this parable of the sower, is reminding us that God's kingdom is present and available now. It is powerful and active now and that we, in fact, can enter into it. And, in fact, that we are called to be a part of this large kingdom movement that is moving all over the world. But again, I will end as I began with saying that trust, trust in God's goodness, trust in God's providence, trust in the way that God can move things towards the good is absolutely essential to enter into the kingdom and remain there. May we give our lives and our wills over to God our King. Amen.